Today, I'm talking to Tide Peter in Palm Beach, Florida with Sotheby's International Realty. Tide is one of the top luxury real estate agents in Palm Beach and the nation. He works alongside his wife, Frances Peter, who was recently on the show, episode 216, How to Sell Two and Four Billionaires with Discretion. Todd and his wife, Frances, represent numerous premier luxury listings and have an impeccable track record of success across countless high-end sales and rental transactions, including 1473 North Ocean Boulevard, offered for $49 million, $500,000. Celine Dion's 215 South Beach Road offered for $38,500,000. 1255 North Ocean Boulevard offered for $15,750,000. And most recently, Gemini offered for $110 million. Todd and I talk about how to break into the $100 million home market. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. I'm going to wait a minute so it can like make sure it catches us. Rokan always appreciates it when I do that. All right, everybody, it's the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. We have on the show today, Todd Peter with Sotheby's International Realty in Palm Beach, Florida. Todd, good to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Jerry. So we had your lovely wife, Frances, on the show a few episodes ago, and we talked about I am going to have to pull the title, everybody, but we talked about really the discretion of working with these high net worth clients, and she was pretty fabulous. She set the stage for you. you <laughs> uh, ready? She set a high bar. I don't, I don't know if I can follow that. I, that's, that was, that's going to be a tough act to follow, but I'll do my best. It's Cinco right. de Mayo, just, you know. Um, oh, that's to- right. <laughs> yeah. So Cinco de Mayo in Palm Beach, what's that like? Um, you know, I think we're going to go out in a boat and put on some sombreros and, uh, you know, have a good time. I don't know. That's about it. <laughs> have awesome. some tacos. Well, this, yeah. this will come out, I think, in about a week from now. So everybody, we'll have to have you back on just to find out how it went. Yeah. Um, so bringing you on, let's get into, we're, I want to talk about how you got into it, but I want everybody to know coming into this interview. So we had Francis and we had you on, like, I think, it was like before it was around episode 50 and then we've had Francis on recently in the episode 220 ish. And now we've got you back on because after talking to Francis, like was she fabulous or what, but she's really behind the scenes. She really does the marketing. things, pretty planning things. You're the guy that she's behind the scenes. You're front and center doing the deal and the way you work together and like hone it in. But before we hit on that, how in the world, and just kind of refresh us on why and how you got into this business in the first place. You know, I was, um, I, I got a, a master's in real estate from the University of Florida. I was a stock trader before uh, in my previous uh, career. And um, I kind of knew everything 
the direction I wanted to go in as far as location. Um, I wanted to be in South Florida. Um, I grew up coming down here, um, fishing, playing tennis, golfing, um, ended up playing tennis in college. And, uh, you know, I just knew that I wanted to be um, in an area with, you know, all of those things. Um, I'd gone on a vacation um, to Hawaii and I, I met this guy that was friends of my mom from, from high school. And I think he was a dentist or something in, in Ohio. And he quit the business, bought some boats and had this like charter company where he would take people out snorkeling and fishing and all this stuff. And he said, I, this kind of resonated with me. He said, I want to live in my vacation spot. So I was like, that's kind of an interesting idea. I, I'd kind of like to do that too someday. So um, growing up, you know, vacationing in South Florida and uh, my parents had a place in Stewart a little bit north of uh, Palm Beach. Um, I knew the area and I knew I kind of wanted to get back here. So I went to grad school at the University of Florida, um, got a master's in real estate, worked in development for a little while. And, um, you know, it was great. I mean, it was a great experience, but then I, I kept looking around and seeing all these brokers in Palm Beach, um, you know, doing really well, being really successful. And I think thought to myself, I'm like, I think I could do that job. I, I you know, if I work really hard, I think I can, uh, outwork them and, uh, and be successful given a little time. And, uh, you know, I started my own uh, company um, and tried to do kind of commercial and residential deals. And I was kind of fighting it. Francis was telling me we, I, we had met um, and she was working at Sotheby's and she says, you really should come over to Sotheby's. And I don't know why you're resisting this. And I, I fought it for a little while and then finally came over. And that's when, you know, the trajectory for our business really took off, so. Wow. So you get into real estate, you educated in real estate, you knew the area, live where you're going to vacation and you met Frances. She's yep. at Sotheby's and you're, yep. you have your own brokerage because yep. you're kind of driven. You're going to do it your way yourself. And yep. she says, Hey, what if you came to Sotheby's? Yeah. And you're like, fine. And then you came to Sotheby's and yeah. And, you know, just, I mean, it's been amazing. I mean, the support that we get, um, you know, for, you know, Sotheby's is a, is a marketing company. It's a, obviously with the auction, you get um, a lot of support from New York where a company owns Sotheby's. So, um, you know, it's really, um, it's really allows us to focus on selling and, you know, the, the marketing part, the, um, the brand is there for us and we can leverage that brand and, you know, any, it just gives you a leg up on, on any of the competition. I think um, we have the biggest network of agents in the world. Um, so we're constantly getting referrals from um, different places, different feeder markets um, from the top agents that we know. Um, so it's really been amazing. The support that we get, our broker is amazing. It's just, it's really a good spot. And um, it's, it's been great for our business. It's helped us really grow our business. Um, and again, you know, if I had my own shop, um, you know, obviously you get more of the pie, but you know, you're giving up, you know, the whole marketing, all the support. Um, <clears throat> and I think to win those big deals too, right? Like you guys just closed. Yeah. Island. Well, we call it an Island, but yeah. Jim and I for a hundred, what was over a hundred million, like one deal yeah. for a hundred million. Not bad. Yeah, no, that was, that, was, that was a good one. I mean, that was, that was a long process though. I mean, that took a long time to sell. I think we had a listing for over four years. Um, so, you know, I think, it's just a different animal. I mean, when you're dealing with a property like that, obviously, you know, Francis, you talked with Francis about the discretion of the clients, both the, the sellers and the buyers. Um, and, you know, that's been extremely important for our business, you know, just um, 
putting that at the forefront. I mean, we are client focused. We are not about promoting ourselves uh, ahead of the client. I mean, we are we are definitely promoting ourselves all the time, but we put the client's needs first. Yeah, I love that. So you talk about, because you're really driven, you're the one who's driven and competitive and you've got Francis keeping it all together in line and you're out there making the deals happen. In yeah. doing that, what do you, how did this all come about? So here you are, I mean, you came to Palm Beach, you, you, didn't, you didn't grow up there. Nope. You chose it. How yep. do you think you, how did you kind of go into that path? Like, for example, what was your first deal? What did it look like? What did you learn from it? And give us the pathway into where you are now from that. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, just, it's, you know, it, it, everybody thinks that they're going to come into this business and start making millions of dollars and, you know, day one, and it's easy. You make, you know, you make your own schedule. Um, it's, it's quite the opposite. I mean, you know, it, it took a while to, to get traction and do the first deal um, in, you know, I came into the business willing to do anything. I had the background of, um, of a master's in real estate. So I had a lot of uh, kind of a, a higher education set on real estate in general development, you know, understanding, um, you know, cap rates, what, you know, different facets and financial, you know, financial things with, uh, with real estate that is above and beyond, you know, your normal course of business. But I also came in, came in and said, all right, I'm going to do short sales. I'm going to do foreclosures. I'm going to learn every facet of the business. And, and somebody said, Oh, I, you know, does anybody do commercial here in the office? And I would always raise my hand. So anything that came up, I just jumped in and said, I'm going to do that and figure it out. And, and even though it's hard, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can learn that side, side of the business. So <clears throat> I think in doing that, um, you, you learn how to do things that other agents might not even want to do. Um, like short sales and different markets, you, you got to adjust to um, what's going on in the market. There's, you know, right now it's, you know, we're in a situation where there's record low inventory, huge demand, um, but it's not always like that. I mean, there's peaks and valleys to this business. Um, our, <clears throat> our pipeline can be robust, meaning you've got, you know, a lot of deals that are, they're pending and ready to close. Other times you have nothing in the pipeline. And uh, that's the biggest fear about, you know, being a real estate agent, you're like, you know, it's eat what you kill. So you don't know where your next, you know, you're, you're like, Oh my yeah. God, I've got nothing in my pipeline. I'm not going to have any income for the next three months. I mean, there's, there's good times and bad times and you've really got to be able to adjust um, and figure out what the market needs and figure out how to get those properties for your clients. Like right now there's record low inventory. So I am on the phone with other brokers in my market, other top agents saying, Hey, what do you have? What do you have coming? If I have a listing that is coming, um, we, I'm making phone calls to the top agents in, in, in my, in my market. I'm saying, Hey, I've got this coming. Do you want to preview it? Um, we are sending it to our office first and we're giving our every, all the agents in our office first. We're, we're leveraging that, um, you know, the Sotheby's, uh, brand and, and the 80 agents in our office first. Um, because you get feedback from that, you know, they come see the property, they might have a buyer, but they say, oh, you know what, you might want to do this differently. You might want to stage this. Um, and we can talk about that later, how that's been effective for our business. But um, it's really a different market because you have record low inventory. It's all about information right now, um, finding those properties that are off market and, you know, essentially bring it to your clients and providing value that, you know, they wouldn't know about looking on Zillow or Realtor.com. Exactly. So coming into business, you've got you know, I'm going to keep repeating this and I'll stop, but I love the di kind of the dynamic of you and Francis. So when you're coming in and doing these deals and defining deals, 
a lot of people kind of have this preconceived notion that to be a big agent, you've got to be big and out there and show yourself on the private jet and the fancy car and the watch and the whatever. And that's not who you are. And you guys are like the best of the best. Give us a little bit of that. And if that is, if you have to be so quiet, how in the world do you generate the business and trust of people? How do they know who you are? How do they find you? Yeah, I think it's a balance. I mean, you know, we we're obviously, you know, we're, we want to promote ourselves and our business and our success. I mean, success breeds success in this business. Perception is reality. I think a lot of times um, people see you doing big sales and it obviously helps and we want to promote that. Um, but we're never going to put that ahead of our clients' needs. If our clients, you know, um, and, and most, most of our clients are, you know, discretion is, is the most important thing um, to the business. So um, that's always going to be, you know, our, our top you know, our top um, thing to have for our clients. Um, and it's our, it's our top priority no matter what. So um, I think that, you know, doing this business, it's all about balance and trying to figure out, okay, how do I, how do I promote myself and also really care for my clients? So it's a balance and, um, you know, we're not perfect at it, but we're trying every day just to work harder than every other agent um, out there. And, you know, we, we're not going to win every deal. We're not going to win every listing. But as long as we're working, you know, seven days a week, which we are right now, just because the market's so hot and trying to trying to pick things up. Yeah. And that's the other thing. All these agents say, oh, you know, I'm going to have so much free time. And, um, you know, yeah. it, it's a, I don't I don't have to I don't have hours. I don't have a boss. But, you know, I work you know, harder than I ever did in any other job, but it's, it's because I care about, you know, being successful. I care about our clients and, and whether we're representing the buyers or the sellers, we want to, we know, do well for them and, and have a great result. Cause there's nothing better than finding somebody a great house that they're so excited about it. They're, you know, it's a life change. It's a big thing for their family to move into this new home. And that's the most rewarding, rewarding thing for us is that, you know, you're really servicing your clients and you're doing something um, to better their families. So what are you really good at? Like, what's your secret sauce that you're better at this than anybody or what, what's your gift? I, no, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, everybody says, what's the secret sauce What's this? I mean, it's hard. What work. is I mean, your secret sauce, Todd? What's your secret <laughs> sauce? Yeah, I think it's just, it's, 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 um, it's obviously, it's, there's no, there's no secret to it. It's hard work and, and just, you know, um, answering the phone all the time. I mean, yeah. our, you know, our phone rings at all times and, and, you know, sure there's times where it's, you know, it's family time, whatever, but um, we, we pick up the phone. We, if there's a property to be shown, we go show it. Uh, we make ourselves available. We're going to go the extra mile to, for our clients um, but I think if there's one thing that I, I'm pretty good at, it's, um, it's prioritizing, you know, really figuring yeah. out what's important in that moment to get that deal, to go hard, to go pending, um, and then to get it to the closing table. You know, I've, I've always kind of been pretty good at seeing, you know, what needs to happen and what's, what's priority. You know, some, I think I watch some people, they get really distracted by minutiae of the deal or this or that. I'm, I'm pretty good at big picture. And Francis, you know, and my assistant Jenna, um, they really helped me, you know, stay organized and, and stay on top of details and all that. But I'm really focused on the big picture, like what needs to happen right now? How do we get this thing to the closing table? How do we submit this offer before somebody else gets it? really staying ahead of, you know, kind of the, the curve in the process. It's like you get in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. 
You, and you it's just focus. I'm, yeah, I'm just plan just, and organize and make it pretty, and then you're like in the zone. While everybody else would yeah. freak out and panic, you're like, whatever. You're in your zone. Yeah, and I, I think I think that one of the big things is that I, I'm I don't get rattled very easily. It's 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 hard for you know. I think when you're selling your own house and I did this, I made the mistake of trying to sell my own house. And, you know, this is several years ago. It's hard because there's a lot of emotion wrapped up in it. I mean, obviously it's a big financial um, transaction, no matter who you are, no matter what, you know, kind of house or property you're buying. Um, it's big for you and it's big emotionally. It's big for everybody else involved in your family and your spouse and whatever significant others. So, you know, it's emotional, it's financially important. There's a lot of things. So it's hard to do a real estate traction on your own. I mean, that's why, you know, I think we, you know, as brokers really add value. I mean, obviously we're, we're trying to sell the property. You know, if you're representing the seller, trying to sell for the most money, get them the best, you know, deal and, and, you know, the, make it a seamless transaction. I mean, I think a lot of what we do is we're kind of the sponge, right? So there's, you know, there's, there's sellers over here, buyers over here, and you know, there's a lot of emotions involved, and we are just trying to absorb a lot of the anxiety, the emotion, and you know, bring professionalism to the table where we make it a seamless, smooth transaction. It, it might be craziness on either side, but our job is just to keep it going down the track towards the closing, right? Keep that deal on track if that's what both parties want, um, and you're representing your client. Do the best for your client. Get that deal, get that deal sold if that's their desire, and get it done. And yeah. you know all this other stuff, all this other noise, all the emotions. You just gotta really, you know, kind of keep it on track and keep keep everybody focused. So, and how do you think you do that? Because clearly, it's something that you just do. But have you ever stepped back and gone, "Oh, that's how I do that," or have you made a mistake and you're like, "Oh, okay, that's not how to do that," which taught you how to do that. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of it is experience. I think a lot of it is um, it is really listening to your clients, right? I mean, it, everybody wants to talk, and you know, I'm I'm this big shot broker and this and that, but you know, people you've got to listen to what they're saying and what their needs are, and help them through the process. I mean, if they, you know, you'll you'll pick up, oh, you know, they're having anxiety about this, you know, they're moving to a new spot or this, you know. There's all these different factors. Every deal is different, which is what I, I love about the business. Um, you know, no deal is alike. I mean, there's, you know, I, I find a lot of times that the the bigger priced um, transactions are a lot easier. Some of the other, you know, the, uh, you know, the lower price transactions can be a lot harder sometimes because they're, you know, you're, you're they're fighting over every last dollar, right? Like, yeah. you know, whereas when you're doing the big picture, it's like, okay, guys, like, you know, let's just figure this out you know, the dollar and cents is are, you know, it's a much bigger scale, but you know, the, at the putting the deal together at the end, if there's a give on, on the seller or the buyer's behalf, it, it, it a lot of times can be a lot easier. I find um, like on the bigger deals, it's more strategic. And on the smaller deals, it can be more emotional or more because yeah. it's all relative. There may be more at stake for a buyer on one of a relatively smaller deal because it's, they don't own several homes. So it's, they don't, they have less leverage. Um, so yeah. it can be a little more intense even. So it's more focused on diffusing emotions here. And on this one, it may be more focused on what the strategy is overall when that's out of the way. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, it, it, every seller's different. Every situation is different. Um, it could be death, divorce. It could be all these different scenarios that are going on where there's a lot of emotion involved with the, you know, the buying or selling of real estate. And, you know, we've got to, you know, kind of just be there for our clients yeah. and, 
and walk them through the process. And really our job is, I mean, if I could sum it up, it's just to make things easier for our clients, make it a smooth transaction, take the pressure off of them. Um, that's the biggest thing that I think that we can do. Obviously there's, you know, the, the dollars and the cents and getting the best deal for your client on either side. Right. But it, there's a lot more to it, I think, than, than that. And, um, you just said, I want to, I want to bring out two things you said, cause you keep saying it. I don't think you, cause I love how people sometimes when you're so good, you don't know what you're good at. And I want everybody else to hear this is you've said a few times things around lines of what you pick up. Like when you're working with clients, you'll pick up. So what you're saying is there are things you don't know and you're going in and probably not even recognizing that, you know, you don't know. Most people just think they know, but like yeah. looking for what I don't know, looking for where am I wrong? Looking for what am I missing? Yeah. And when yeah. you're looking for what you're missing, that's where you can prioritize and hone in on the deal and make the yeah. deal happen. The other thing yeah. you said is not forgetting. I think a lot of times agents, we, you probably agree in doing transactions and dealing with people. I'm like, I think they want to make this harder so they can justify the commission check. Right. But that's actually not our job. It's <laughs> not about us. It's about them. And how can we make it easier for them? And then go back right. to the point of picking things up that we don't know where we're wrong. What are we missing? How do we make yep. it easier? Asking the right questions. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a big part of it. Asking the right questions and, and just listening to your clients. I think I've just found, I mean, look at, you know, we're, we learn every day, you know, we're not perfect at this and, you know, we're learning from, you know, um, People like you, like your your top of market I'm in Atlanta. Too humble. Too humble. Just a hundred million dollar piece of property, and he's talking about he's like, sure, you're not perfect because you're great, right? No, it, it, you're you you get better. I mean, every deal is different. You learn from every every transaction, and um, you learn a lot about personalities. Um, I think one of the things that um, you know, my parents got divorced when I was in, you know, just went to college, and. Um, so you learn about, you know, you you got to deal with both sides that way. And I, I think that kind of prepared me because you kind of just, you know, whenever I go back home to Cincinnati, I've got to, I've got to go, you know, stay in equal time with, with my dad as my mom. And, you know, you've got to kind of just really, you know, deal with, you know, both sides that way. And it's, it's kind of, it's not unlike, you know, dealing with a real estate transaction. You've got two parties and you're trying to make everybody happy, you know? Yeah. So do you have any stories, like just pause for a minute and go back to like, here's a deal that you were doing and it, you, what, you learned something huge or you asked the right question or I'll never forget, I was at a listing appointment and they kept talking about how there could not be a sign in the yard. And rather than try to explain to them why there had to be a sign in the yard, I was just like, so it sounds like not having a sign in the yard, there's a lot of focus and importance in that. What is that? And I count before and they're like, she looks at him and she looks back at me and she goes, we're getting divorced and we don't want anybody to know. And like at that moment, like I had all the trust and they yep. liked me because I didn't fight them. And then five yep. and then about 30 seconds later, she goes, and you're right. We need a sign. We'll put a sign <laughs> in the yard. <laughs> like in that moment of just like you said, like you're looking for what you're missing and yeah. then it comes out. So, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if there's, I'm trying to think of one instance of something that um, I picked up on. Um, I think that, you know, again, I just go back to, to listening to the client and, and trying to figure out, you know, if there's some little, th something that you're not, you're not, you know, they're not telling you, right? And, um, but I think in this business, like everybody's out there trying to promote themselves or do this, do that on, it, it all comes down to relationships in the end. 
And um, you can spend all this money on marketing, you can spend all this money on this and that and promoting the property. But at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, your relationship with the client. And if you built up relationships with all these different people and uh, in town, and you're really out there, you know, trying to meet more people and, and get to know and and you have, and you build advocates for your business. I think that's one of the biggest things people like, Oh, I'm going to go spend money on, on, on advertising on Zillow and I'm going to get more listings or I'm going to get new buyer pickups from this. And I, you know, I've tried that, but you know, at the end of the day, it's all about relationships and the more people you can meet with for breakfast, the more people that more advocate advocates you can have in this business that are promoting you to their friends. And they're saying, Oh my gosh, you know, you've got to use Todd and Francis because they did such a great job on selling our house or they, you know, they didn't talk about the deal after it was done, even though, you know, it, it hit the papers and, and that's how people found out about it. Like they're trustworthy and they're, they're good at what they do. And they sold my house in, you know, the short amount of time for more money than I ever thought. Like, that's what you want. I mean, you want those advocates to be talking about you and to really be promoting your business even when you're not there. I mean, when they're at dinner with somebody, you want them to be, be, uh, be your advocate. So that's what I found. If there's any like aha moment, it's that, you know, that's the best kind of marketing that you can have is having advocates out there in the market, really promoting you and your business, even when you're not there. Yeah. Make sure that they trust you and do things so that that, that follows through and knowing yeah. your market. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, know, know your market, know, know the inventory, know, know, you know, know your, what's out there, what's out there that's off market and really just kind of trying to match buyers with sellers. I mean, that's all we're doing right now is just really, you know, okay, we've got a buyer for this, who, you know, this property just came up. We just found out about it. Who can we send that to? Yeah. Um, it's all about information. It's all about providing value for your clients. And that's what we're trying to do right now. Exactly. And you, so, in doing that, what's your advice? I think there are a lot of agents right now, everybody who's listening to this down the road, it is 2021. It is right at the moment is Cinco de Mayo, but when this releases, it'll be a couple of weeks from now. So anyway, mid-May. So yep. anyway, early May, right now, inventory pretty much in any major city, Palm Beach, Miami, Atlanta, everywhere. Yep. Inventory's low because everybody's moving and not everybody yep. is selling. A lot of people are buying second homes. How are you dealing with that and keeping up? I mean, I think a lot of people are going, okay, you know, are you focusing on listings? Or are you just focusing on buyers? Do you focus on what's front of you? Do you focus on the strategy to move forward? And what do you think is going to happen? Like, what do you think about all this? And what do you do about it? And what's your advice about it? That's three or five or six questions in one. So you just pick, <laughs> the, one you want to, you pick the one you want to answer. Yeah. I mean, I think I'll start with the market. I mean, the market has just been absolutely on fire lately. And, um, it's funny because uh, inventory is so low and we are um, our biggest problem right now is, is just trying to figure out, you know, where these sellers are going to go and they're trying to figure out where they're going to go. Um, so, you know, they might, their house might've doubled or even tripled in value, but they're going, okay, well, great. You know, where do I go once I sell this property and how do I, how do I replace this? Um, and my taxes, if I trade dollars and go to the next property, my taxes are going to go up. Um, so it's really, that's the hard part about having low inventory. And I think a lot of agents are figuring out, they're like, wow, you know, when this flurry of buyers came in, they're like, wow, this in this market, great. I'm like, uh, yeah, it's great until you run out of inventory. And then you're going to figure out what it means to be a transactional broker, because if you're not transacting, guess what? You're not making money, you know? So yeah. I... 
you have to adjust in this market. And I think that, um, you know, what I was saying earlier is that you've really got to be resourceful right now and really be communicating with other brokers, really finding out what's available, what's off market, what's coming, um, what your buyers are looking for, um, listening to their needs. I mean, everybody says buyers are liars. They're going to, you know, they'll tell you a price, but then they'll actually, they'll pay more. Um, and that's true in a lot of cases. And, and they, they, they'll, they'll come into the market and they'll be like, well, I, I, I want to spend, you know, I only want to spend $2 million. And then you start showing them things in the, in that range. Um, and they figure out, okay, well, uh, actually I can spend more. I need to, you know, I need to up my price target. Um, so a lot of it's just educating your buyers what the market is. And you've really got to know what the market is these days, especially because everything's out there um, that's listed, right? So any listed property that hits the MLS, it's on Zillow, it's on Truly, it's on, you know, all these different sites. Um, so people get, you know, they, they understand what the market is. They've seen, they can see on Zillow what things have sold for. And then, you know, they'll ask you about, you know, oh, what, what do you think about this sale? And um, where's the market going? Um, you know, sales that happened more than four months ago are not relevant anymore in our market because it's gone up so much. Um, so I think really just, you know, knowing the market, having information, having, bringing value to your clients, I think that's, that's more important than it ever has been now. Yeah. And, and I love how you keep circling about around talking to other brokers. Yeah. There's been so yep. much in the history of our business of like going after a cold calling, buying Zillow leads whatever yeah. you call that, which is that whole Zillow, that whole Zillow, I'm going to grab my pen, but that whole Zillow thing, that's interesting too. Um, yeah. And what's going on with that. And I think they're doing like referral fees and now whatever. Yeah. So all that being said, yeah. um, where are you going to take this in the market? Are you going to focus on buyers? Are you, you guys have done so many great listings and price, I mean, broken so many records. It should be pretty easy. For you guys to pick it up or what, what would you say and what's your advice to how did you do it and how are you going to do it again as the market changes um you know it's it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this summer because you know a lot of you know our our market is is becoming less seasonal we're seeing a lot of we get a lot of new york and northeastern buyers we're seeing more california buyers come um you know the tax you know that because we have zero income tax here in the state of florida um you know, that when they, it, it kind of really all jump started when the, the, for us big time, when they took away the, the salt tax, um, where you can't deduct your, in, in other states, you can't deduct your state income tax off of your, off of your uh, federal tax. So, you know, the taxing has been a big thing for a number of years now. Um, but, you know, with, with everything going on with, uh, with the COVID, every, you know, all these New Yorkers were getting out of the, the busy cities. Um, coming looking for space. And I, I think one of the things that people, you know, they're not talking about as much is the effect that that um, that Zoom has had on on people's businesses and work. I mean, you know, before it was totally unacceptable to have a Zoom call and have kids and dogs and all this noise in the background and, and not to be dressed up and uh, not coming to the office. Now, I mean, working remotely, it doesn't matter if you're in, you know, the Hamptons or in Greenwich or you're in Palm Beach, you're still remote. Um, so I think that's, that is going to affect the big cities, in my opinion, like New York, where they're, is, uh, charging, yeah. yeah, where they're charging over, you know, hundred dollars a foot in rent and, you know, people figured out that, you know, you can do a lot of business remotely. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to, it's going to go back to more, a lot more in-person stuff, but I, I think that, 
Um, and what we're seeing is a lot of these companies that were in New York, like the JP Morgans, like the Goldman Sachs, they're moving, you know, they're getting a headquarters down here. They're calling it the, um, the HQ2, right? I mean, they're, they're getting office space in, in West Palm. They're getting, because the lifestyle, I mean, you're a two and a half hour flight from New York. Um, you've got amazing lifestyle here. Um, you've got zero income tax um, on the state level. And um, people are like, oh, you know, I can, I can work just as well down here in, in Palm Beach and, you know, have a great lifestyle and have sun, sun and sunshine and, and access to New York and, and, a, great, uh, and a great environment. So um, our schools are getting better. Everything about this area is becoming younger. Um, we're just seeing a, a lot of young people, a lot of young families and a lot of businesses move down here. So I think the trend continues for us. I think, um, I, I think we're going to see demand uh, stay very high. I mean, there could be something on a macro level that changes everything, um, but I think demand will remain high and, um, and we'll see. I mean, we've got record low inventory. Um, it might be out of sight, out of mind during the summer when everybody goes up north or goes to Aspen or the Hamptons or yeah. Nantucket, but I think it's gonna be right back game on when they start focusing on Palm Beach things, you know, and, and think about next season, so. Yeah, it's see. pretty crazy. Yeah. So question on the, back to the business side, winning business with people, when you, because you've got a name where you are, but how do people, you know, all these buyers coming in from New York, is that where most of your buyers come from or where do you find your buyers? How do you win their business or how do you earn their business? Yeah, a lot of our buyers are coming from New York, anywhere in the Northeast, Boston. Um, we're seeing a lot of Chicago, Chicago buyers um, and California, we really didn't, hardly ever had California buyers. And now it, it seems like every fourth or fifth buyer is coming from California. Yeah. Um, I keep hearing it over there and over again. There are people left in California because they're all coming to Atlanta too. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, Who's they're still moving there? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, and I keep hearing from a lot of these clients, they're like, you know, we just reached our tipping point. You know, we've, we, we had enough. It was either the taxes, it was the fires out in California, the homeless, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the crime levels rising. Um, you know, we're, we're sitting in a, a pretty good spot here in Palm Beach where, you know, we have, you know, a beautiful environment. Um, it's a safe area. A lot of the stuff that we do is outside. Um, it's not crowded and congested like a big city. I mean, so I, I, it's like the perfect storm of, for people to be moving here from, from other parts of the country. And um, we're, we're seeing huge demand. So being somebody that can get in the moment prioritize, are you better at winning business or are you better at negotiating business? And what's, and there may not be much of a difference. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's, you know, Francis and I, you know, when we, uh, when we first started working together, we took personality tests and, and um, I don't know if she touched on this, but we were, we were basically, it, it got, it was determined that we're complete opposites, I guess, opposites attract. Um, and, you know, look, it's, it's great working with your spouse. Um, and people say, oh, how is it working with your spouse? I say, most of the time it's great, you know? <laughs> so, it, you know, it, there's always gonna be, you know, things that you, that you, um, you, you know, that's hard working with your spouse, but, but we are very good um, at different things. And that was what the personality test um, taught us is that we, we have different skill sets. Um, she is, she launches listing. Francis is great at launching the listings. Um, you know, doing the video, the photography, getting all, you know, all the details with the, the listing, the write-up. Um, I think she's better at showing properties than I am. Um, you know, she's, uh, you know, 
obviously very attractive and, and she presents herself very well. She knows, she remembers every detail of the house wow. walking through and, and, and she's very, very good at showing. Um, you know, I love the negotiation part. Um, I love, you know, kind of being in front of clients, you know, trying to win the business, if you will. But um, I love that part, the negotiation, kind of getting getting the deal done, the deal aspect of it, and, you know, really pushing, you know, to get it, to get the deal move forward and close. Um, what do you I love? Know, I, guess I, I just love the, um, I love that every deal is different. I love the competitive nature of it. I like, um, you know, I love looking at beautiful homes. I love, you know, you know, doing a good job for our clients and putting them in great situations and bringing them things that other people can't and having knowledge about, you know, deals that other people don't have. Um, I'd say bringing value to your clients and having them um, recognize that and appreciate that that's always rewarding and, and, you know, putting them in a great house. Like I said before, that's the, that's the greatest feeling there is. So you just said something, having knowledge, the other agents don't have having knowledge for your clients. They didn't get otherwise. Yeah. What is your formula for that? Like, I think a lot of people, especially in, you know, look at San Francisco, that's been a market that's had this upward trajectory forever. And they're right. used to that, but in other places, like even in Palm beach, I don't know necessarily. So how do you, I know the listeners are going, okay, like I've got to reframe, I've got to reposition this market's crazy. And even if this is past and it's the inverse of it now, and somebody's listening, like, how do you tap into knowing what other people don't know? It's really just doing it every day. I mean, really just working hard, making the phone calls um, and, you, you know, always, always being the, at the forefront of the information. It's, it's an information game. It always has been. It's really apparent right now that, you know, there's such, such little inventory. Um, and it's just getting yourself out there, putting yourself out there in front of people, meeting new people, um, you know, whether it's at a cocktail party or an event or, you know, um, you know, just, you know, doing something socially. It's really just getting in front of people, figuring out, okay, who's, who's buying, who's thinking about selling and, you know, really kind of just, you know, being aggressive and putting yourself out there and saying, okay, well, I, you know, I have a buyer for that. If you're, if you're willing to sell your house, you know, let's put a number on it. And they said, what's my house worth? And I, you know, in this market, we're just, you know, we're, we're saying, okay, these are the comps in the last four months. Let's price it right. even higher than that, right. That's what's sold per, per square foot. Um, let's, let's put it in a higher bar. I'd love to ask you, like on the topic of negotiating, I found even in Atlanta, I've sold houses for more than people said they would sell for. And when you're dealing with that, and I think some of it, you and I know agents in other markets where they literally price on the trajectory of the market, not the history yep. of the market. Yeah. So just yep. knowing other agents in those markets and now experiencing that, it gives us the foresight to deliver on it. So I've read recent right. transactions where you've got agents not letting, I don't know about your market, but agents are holding back for their buyers and they're missing yep. out on the other buyers. And I've even said like, yep. look, like, and we have buyers from California where they're used to the trajectory of the market and dealing with it and not, they don't want to do that again. Right. Yeah. They see, they know. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic. I see kind of the evolution of negotiating deals, buyer behavior, buyers in Atlanta are competing or even other markets are competing with buyers from markets like San Francisco or in, you know, other places yep. in California where they know that they're used to that they're not going to miss out. So you've kind of got this interesting dynamic yeah. of, 
of how that unfolds? Or do you have any, I'm sure you've got some experiences that are any fun stories you might share with us. Well, I think, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, um, it, it's been a shift because we're always, we, we've always kind of looked things, okay, what, what is it worth? All right, let's look at the sales. And, you know, typically we go back a year, sometimes a year and a half, if there's not that many sales that, you know, are, are uh, comparable. Now the market's moving so fast, you've really got to, you've really got to, you know, if you're working with a buyer, just let them know, hey, you know, the, the market's moving fast. Here's what, you know, the, the most recent sales were. Um, here's what we think it's worth, um, you know, and just guide them through the process. Say, look, if, if you like it, try to put it under contract, right? And, and, and put and an offer. Because whatever they sell for, it's going to sell for. People are finally figuring that out, I think, in Atlanta. So many times other buyers, is, I've, I've done more lists, I've, done, I've sold two, I've had, I don't even want to, like, this is being recorded, but I'll just be vulnerable anyway. I've closed two buyers this year because it's all listings, like all yeah. 40 listings and two buyers. And in doing yeah. that, you imp you almost just want to be like, guys, like, look, I'm just telling you, like, I'm seeing the buyers lose out over and over because they're not understanding yeah. market trajectory. Yeah. And, you know, you never want to push your client. I mean, I always try to just show as many, as many properties as, as I can. I mean, to, but they got to have client. the right information to make the right. Yeah, no, I mean, if they're in town, we show them everything that we can off market, on market, whatever we can show them and, and just keep showing them things. So they really get the market and, and, and it might take them missing a couple deals, um, um, finishing in second. I mean, that, that just happened to us where, you know, we had a house um, for our client that we, there was a multiple bid situation and that's not typical. Like you're saying in California, that's very typical. Um, here yeah. not, it hasn't been typical until recently that there's multiple bid scenarios. Well, we put in an offer for a client. Um, the agent said there's, there's multiple offers on the table. We put it over ask. Um, we finished a, diff, a distant third. And that was kind of mm -hmm. a wake up call for our client that, yeah. you know, traded five. It was, you know, a, a, a $4.7 million listing traded for five and a quarter and we finished third and it was no, it was not even a, you know, as is scenario that it was, it moved so fast that it was just like, Oh my gosh, like what happened? We, we didn't even come close. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it might take that for a couple of your buyers, but, um, and look, this market, it, it's not going to go up like this forever. Um, but the demand in the near term is there. And I think we're going to continue to see strength. Um, but we'll see. I mean, it's just, we're constantly adapting. If I can, if there's a, you know, if there's a message for young brokers getting in the game, it's work hard and be adaptable, right? Like you gotta, you yeah. gotta be able to adapt to the market and adjust and, and do the best job for your clients. Work hard and be adaptable. And I'm going to repeat four like kind of highlights you said in here that I'm pulling out, like, cause I love how people, talented people take their stuff for granted. Uh -oh. Like, like everybody repeat. And then I'm going to ask one more question. Then we're doing the final three. Don't worry, Todd. I'll be ever soon. I'm kidding. So, what did I say? so number one, you talked about like in working with clients or things you pick up on. You talk, you literally like even subconsciously are always listening for what you don't know. It's not what right. they say. It's what they don't say or what you're right. missing. Number two right. is don't ever forget our job's actually to make things easier. Yeah. And number three is like what makes you valuable is knowing what you don't know, knowing what others don't know, know helping them know what they don't know. Because a lot of times right. it's you know what you don't, you might know, be aware of what you don't know, but you don't even know, or you might know what you're missing, but what now I've lost the quote, but like, you don't know what you don't know sometimes and helping people out with right. that. Yeah. Knowing things yeah. people don't know, knowing properties, yeah. knowing marketing, knowing stories. And the last yeah. thing is 
I love what you said. You just kind of said it once and blipped through it, but you said, we keep showing them things. Yep. And to that, it's like, I'll put deals under contract and I keep showing them things when the market, right. that, that's not as easy to do now to yep. make sure they feel good or to make sure they realize what this market's doing. Like yep. keep showing them things and push them through and help them learn. Yep. So that, that's something that, you know, I, I learned yeah. from um, our mentor, uh, Chris Condon, who, you know, has, has been doing yeah. this for a long time. She's been a top agent. You know, she hired Francis right out of uh, college. Um, she's been great. I mean, she's just taught us so much about how to, how to, you know, do the business and how to, how to carry yourself and how to act in your, in your client's best interests and, and always have the long view, no, no matter what happens. Um, you know, there can be, it, there's agents out there that will, you know, um, do things or take clients or, you know, treat you like, like you don't want to be treated or, you know, do things that are not above board. And she always said, look, you've got to take the long view, you know, no matter what happens, you've got to work with these other agents in the future. And you have to, you know, you have to behave in a way that you would want other people to, to behave to you. You know, it's the, the golden rule, but it's, it, it's in, in, in this, in this world, we are going to be doing this. You know, hopefully you want to have a long career selling real estate. You've got to work with other agents um, in, in the market. And you want to have a great reputation. So not only do other agents want to work with you and tell you about their off-market listings, um, but you want them to say, you know what, like um, I, I enjoy working with Todd and Francis, and um, I respect them. And um, and and your reputation is everything in this business, right? So uh, clients will hear that as well, and and they want to work with people that have integrity and um, that do a good job um, and are aggressive, but aggressive in an ethical way, right? So. I think that's a big part of it. So one more question. What a great, like, that was great. Like, that was it. That was the podcast. Bye, y'all. Just kidding, because I've got another great question. Because <laughs> you're, you deal, you know, you're dealing in, in your market, moderate price points of, like, which is still, like, huge, 5 million, multi-million, and you're dealing in 50 million and $100 million deals. When you start yeah. getting into those bigger price points, there's no comps. Like, how do you do that? How do you frame it? How do you sell it? Like, how do you position it where like, yeah, here's the value really mm -hmm. how do, you do that? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's hard. I mean, it, it's, you know, sometimes there aren't really great comps for these extraordinary properties, these unique properties. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we had to do for, for Gemini just to get to a value. I mean, that, so for people that don't know, that's the $100 million property that we just saw. It was actually listed at $115 um, as the last asking price. And um, so that one, it was so big, 15.6 acres, 1,200 feet on the ocean, 1,300 feet on the intercoastal. There is no comp for that. There is, there is literally no comp for that. Um, nothing is that big. Nothing has that much frontage. Um, so really what we had to do is, is kind of just break it into parts and to do a, a comparative market analysis, a CMA for, for those of you in the business, um, and look at, you know, similar properties, um, on the ocean, look at similar properties on the intercoastal and really just try to figure out, look at it, you know, five different ways and come up with the value in, 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 in doing so, um, by, by, you know, summing the parts. So, you know, you just have to be creative and you really have to look at, all right, how do I think outside the box? Because there is no comp for this property. How do I really kind of break into smaller pieces and then put it back together and come up with the value? Um, and it's hard because some of these properties, they're, they're, they're worth more um, 
than you would think compared to other properties because they are so special. They are so unique. So it really just takes knowing the market, knowing the buyers that, that are out there, knowing your audience, um, like anything, you got to know who, who is capable of buying a property like that, um, where they might be coming from, um, what their, you know, what their criteria might be. And to really kind of try to launch that listing, present that listing, present that property in a way that it's going to appeal to those, to more buyers, more qualified buyers in your market. Um, and to how really, many, how many qualified buyers are there for a hundred million dollar property? <laughs> well, it's, it's, you know, the air does get thinner and, um, you know, that's what I think we're really, we, we really focus on, you know, um, and what's really great about working at Sotheby's is that, uh, we have an amazing network. We are a great, um, a great marketing company. We have the auction, we get buyers and sellers that are looking at, you know, fine art and jewelry and watches and, and cars. And we're able to tap into that, that database and to get this, get our big properties in front of them and to get it in front of the top agents in all of these different markets in Atlanta, in Chicago, in New York, in the Hamptons, in California. So we get those big properties out to those, those great agents and those great agents, guess what? They know who the buyers are. They, you know, a lot of their buyers are the same buyers that we're dealing with. Like we get a lot of referrals from New York. We're dealing with the same clients, you know, and, and they want to, they want to put their clients in great capable hands and to be with great agents. Um, and they want to know that they're taken care of and that we are going to work extremely hard for them just, um, just as they work hard for them in their own market. So, um, that's been a great thing about working at Sotheby's is that you have, you have great relationships with the top brokers in all these key markets. Um, and we also talk about best practices and we also talk about, you know, what's going on in their market. So we're ahead of the game. We understand what these buyers are looking for. Why are they moving out of New York? Why are they buying a home in Palm beach? Um, what are their, you know, what are their keys that are, that are, that are, yeah. you know, driving this, this change to buy, um, so we, you know, we're, again, we're constantly learning. We're learning from our peers, yeah. we're learning from our other agents and, and trying to, trying to adapt. So you never stop learning, but know your market, know your buyer and know the audience. The audience yeah. is huge because you got to position it for what's valuable to them. Absolutely. And, and remembering, you've said several times, Sotheby's, and this is not a Sotheby's commercial, but it's true. Sotheby's <laughs> is a great marketing pro platform or a marketing company where you yep. can actually go sell because you've yep. got the marketing PR behind what we do is unbelievable. And then yep. on top of that, you've got the network of people within the Sotheby's brand of, from the brokers to what yep. we call from the auction house. I mean, like yep. it's kind of all wrapped up. Yep. Yeah. So. It's great. It's, it's, it's made, it's made, um, you know, going on listing presentations, going from these big properties, um, you know, you, we just know walking into that room that we've got a, a leg up on our competition because all of that, all of those other things that we just talked about, like we have all that. We have the best photography, we have the best video. Um, we're staging more and more properties um, than we've ever before. I mean, that was a big thing always in California. Yeah. It's catching yeah. on in Florida. We found great success in, um, in staging our properties. Um, and a lot of times, you know, it's, um, you know, it might be it might be an extra cost um, for the sellers up front that, you know, they're like a little resident about spending that money. But um, it really is a in, in every case that we've done it, it has increased their their sales price. Um, it's gotten the property, in my opinion, sold faster and for more money. 
And at the end of the day, even in a hot perfect. market, it makes a big difference. Even in a hot oh, market, it makes a huge oh, difference. Absolutely. Yeah, because you're, I mean, you, you, you know, it's, it's the old saying, you know, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. You know, when people are looking on their, on their, on their phones and on their iPads and they're, you know, in bed looking at real estate and in Palm Beach or whatever the market they're looking at, they're, they're just rifling through photos, right? They're, they're swiping through and they're looking at photos and, oh my gosh, this popped up. Look how amazing this looks. And I want to go see that property. Uh, is there, is there a great video of, of, of that listing? Um, and that's the thing that really, you know, Frances is, is she's the, the greatest at, I mean, she, you know, she'll, she'll be there with the photographer, be there with the staging company, be there with the videographer and really kind of curate the listing. So when that property launches and it's listed and it goes out to all these different websites, um, you know, you just, you're like, man, I want to, I want to live there. I want to, I want to own that piece of property. I want to go see that. And that's, that's the goal. I mean, you cast this wide net, we're doing print, we're doing, you know, online advertising. Um, you know, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're all, you know, all these different areas, because you don't know where that buyer is going to come from. Um, and so, you know, when, when it, that, that buyer sees that listing, and they see that presentation, they see how professional everything looks, you know, the, the, the end result of all those things is, you know, that we hopefully get um, the property sold quicker and for more money. Well, the first showing is not in person anymore, especially these days, and especially with where buyers are coming from, it's online. Yeah. So we've got to do it right. Yeah. So we're going to do the, do the quote final three. Okay. Um, and don't worry, they're easy. But number <laughs> one, I remember you've been on the show so long ago that I don't even know if we did this yet. Now it's every show. Now it's like three, <laughs> what's that? Yeah. But you're great. You're better. You're good under pressure. Yeah. Right, yeah. You just, right. You just hone in and prioritize. All so right. Focus. The people who I love it. The people who hate like the final three questions the most are the people who always do the best. <laughs> come up with like the greatest answers. But number one, what has been your great? What has been your biggest resource in your success? I would say Francis. You know, working with Francis and and helping me. You know, helping balance me. Helping you know. Uh, helping me stay focused on on different things, and she's always there to kind of pick up the slack if I need um, if I need help doing something. Um, hiring an assistant has always has been a big help for us as well because it used to just be Francis and and I doing everything. Um, so I think you know, but just having her and having her skill set combined with mine has been been really really helpful. Um, and so I'd, I'd have to say Francis. Number two. Having someone with your opposite skills, right? But number two, book. Is there a book or an influence in your career? Really? Um, I, you know, I know you like this book too, but, but Chris Voss, um, Never Split the Difference. Um, or yeah. Never, is, is it, yeah, it's Never Split the Difference. Yeah, the book yes. like, brought, like that book was like, rather than volume, you could just read Never Split the Difference because I could use some of the time I read that. I love that book. Yeah, it's great. Um, he, he did a masterclass as well. Uh, Chris Voss did that I recommend. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically the book, but it's it just in real life, you know, uh, scenarios. And he was the hostage, hostage negotiator. Um, really just, if you can pick up a couple things from that, um, in it, not only with real estate, but just any negotiation that you're dealing with um, during the course of, of the of your life is, I think it's amazing. Do you do, do you pull it on Francis? 
Uh, I do, but she's read the book too. So she's, she, she's pretty wise to the, uh, to some of the, some of the, <laughs> some of the tools. And she's like, I know what you're doing. And you know, that's not, that doesn't work on me. Right, exactly. <laughs> but it really gets you in the right frame of mind. Cause he's all about exploring, not being angry and all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right. Last question. If there's one thing you would have us remember, if we're going to forget everything else from our conversation today, what is it? Um, I would say it's about hard work. Um, everybody's looking for this like magic, you know, nugget or magic thing that they can do to their, to get more business. It's, it's, you know, put yourself out there, you know, show up, be the first one at the office, be the last one to leave, take the call. If you get it on, you know, doing whatever you're doing on the weekend and you get a call, take the call or call them right back, be responsive. Um, because, you know, they will, you know, if a client calls you and you're not responsive, guess what? There's a lot of other brokers they can call. Um, so I would just say be responsive, work hard, and uh, really just try to do the best for your clients. I mean, if you put the client first, you know, you'll, you, I think you'll always be successful and you'll always do the right thing. Awesome. That was well stated, of course. Todd, thank you so much. Good to see you. Having me. Appreciate it. It was hard, hard to follow Francis. I mean, that was a tough act to follow, but hopefully I didn't. Hopefully. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. If you like this episode, please share it with friends. To find more episodes, search Jerry Metcalf podcast on any platform for podcasts or go to jerrymetcalfpodcast.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-E-T-C-A-L-F podcast.com. Podcast.com.